So we are concluding our series today called Weapons of Mass Destruction, uh, a relationship series, not a marriage series, not just a friend series, not just a parenting series. It's an all of us series. Come on, tell somebody behind you, you need this and you need to move up a row. You need this and you need to move up a row. (laughs) All right. So we have talked about the anger bomb. We've talked about the bitterness bomb. Today, we're going to talk about one that I think most of us think that we don't ever have to deal with, and we're not, this is not us, it's the people that aren't here today, harsh words and slander bombs, harsh words and slander bombs, so this is for someone else, okay? And our, our key uh, scripture, our theme scripture has been Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I love this because this is not a series for people that don't know Jesus, this is a series for those of us who do know Jesus and how we're supposed to be responding Because Paul writes this to a group of Christians. And he only writes it this way because, you you know, you only have to say these things to your kids because they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) stop doing that. So this is kind of what Paul's doing. So when you hear this, remember, he's talking to the church, okay? So let's say this scripture uh, together. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let's pray. Lord, we want to prepare our hearts this morning for what you're about to do. God, we just believe that you are all-powerful. We believe and know that you are doing a really new beginning, that kind of work in us, that we would be the kind of people that you could be proud of, that we would point people in the right direction, just straight to you, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Has anyone else uh, noticed a uh, shift in our culture and society when it comes to dogs? Oh, my. Don't get me started. Like, <laughs> dogs are no longer dogs. Like, yeah. dogs are now people. We, we treat our dogs like, like people. Lauren, I picked up on this recently. Well, we were walking around the block the other day, and I saw a dog in a backyard with the chain link, you know, just kind of like looking back there, and I was like, what is that dog doing in the backyard, Brad? They are so neglectful. And I went, what am I saying? Like, that was the way we grew up. Every dog was in the backyard. Our dog is like, you know, 60 seconds extra out there, and he's like, hey, get me back in. This is abuse here. Yeah, he does. He looks at at us like, do you know how cold it is out here? You come out here for a minute. (laughs) Dog, we're taking our dogs everywhere. Yep. We take them on airplanes. Yeah. Um, the, I saw a guy at the grocery store. He had his dog in the basket with the fruits and vegetables. And I'm like, what? That's just weird. Well, they're even making those little, like, baby quilts holders, you know, that mommies put their babies in at the grocery store. But now they're for dogs. And I'm like, really? Do we need to have our fruits and vegetables, like our bananas, with our dog? I don't want your dog near my fruits and vegetables. 
And I know some of you may be like, I take my dog to the store, okay? I do. No, no, it's no, weird. It's wrong. Stop it's wrong. doing that. Come on, turn to somebody and say, stop <laughs> doing that. Let's correct each other right now. Yes. In, okay, and that's not what this yeah. message is about. <laughs> so last year, though, I saw it go to a whole new level. I was at a church gathering of churches across um, the Tulsa area and uh, northeastern Oklahoma, and we were gathered for a church service. And when the middle of this service, I look over, and this is what I saw. He texts me, like, this is what I'm seeing. You took a picture in church. I took this. This is the picture I took. And, of course, the guy's up preaching, so immediately I posted it to social media. I mean, he, I, he didn't know. He's preaching whatever he was saying. I've got more important things to do. I've got to get this up on social media while you're preaching, brother. That is so bad. Do not look at me like that, people, because I know some of y'all right now are checking your notifications while I'm talking. So I post this, and it's great. I'm looking at all the replies. I know none of you ever do that while I'm up preaching or while we're right, doing this. Yes. But this guy's preaching, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But I got to see what people are saying about this post. And, and it was really hilarious, the, the jabs people were taking. And then we went on break, and we were out in the um, lobby, and I saw the dog. This is what I saw. It was a service dog. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I mean, the blood rushed out of my head. I, I mean, I, 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 and the lady legitimately needed the dog, and I just thought I could not get to my social media apps quick enough to delete the post. I just, I, I mean, I felt horrible. Well, you know, and that is so typical of us, you know, when we end up saying something about somebody, but we only know about, we don't know all the facts, which is what you did. Or like sometimes when we say, uh, we tell other people about someone, but we only know half the story. And then... Girl, you're not going to believe what I just heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah. I've got it on a reliable source. And, and I just be praying for them because it's bad. And then you have to come back and go, oh, shoot. Or what about when you make quick judgments on people around you? Like, well, and it's the worst when it's like your spouse. When you think something and it's not. Or, or your kids, you come walking in the room and you're like, oh, da, da, da. And it's like, well, mom, this is, and you're like, oh. Well, the worst is you're like, I don't want to hear it right now. And they're trying to, yeah, but you're like, yo, yeah. don't give me, yo, no, but you could go. And then finally they get their word in yeah. and you're like, oh, wow, I... Or what about when we do know the facts, but we just don't like what people are doing or we don't like someone? Like, it, say, politicians, we don't like a politician, so we say something. Or we don't like a political view. So I, I swear one of our sons at Thanksgiving throws somebody's <laughs> name in and then just watches everything fly. Watch it just go... Yeah. Just to watch it explode. There's just certain names that... Well, it's just so funny because we make an assumption, too, like when we're in Christian circles, we just start bashing certain political parties because we just assume that, well, you're a Christian, so of course you're on this side. Now, some of you right now are wondering, did he point to the left or the right? Which side is the right side? <laughs> and what does that mean? That's my point. It, you know, and we, we just make this assumption, or we do it with people morally. We see people that they don't, yeah. they're not as moral, they're not as high and yeah. mighty as we are. Or like religion, maybe 
we're in this, maybe we aren't in the same religion or we are, but we're fighting over certain situations or certain things. Listen, I, um, I was playing ball on Friday and I was talking to this one guy and we were just joking around because he was stretching on a wall and I go, hey dude, wrong wall. Are you, are you Jew? Or are you Muslim? Which one are you? Because you're on the wrong wall. And he looks at me and I know he is and he goes, well, I'm a Jew. Dude, you know you're supposed to be on this wall over here. And he goes, oh my, my bad. And then another guy walks in. His name is Jamal. And I go, now Jamal, you're on the east wall. And then I looked at both of them. I go, what wall am I supposed to be on, guys? I am not sure. And we were just laughing about it. I know some of you are like, I can't believe you said that. But my, my point on that is, is that we will look at somebody because they're a different religion and we just start bad-mouthing them, and we start talking bad about them, but if you knew them, they are a creation of God, just like we are, and they need Jesus just like I need Jesus, and frankly, sometimes the way we as Christians respond with harsh words and slander, I think sometimes we need Jesus more than they need Jesus We need a dose, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. <clears throat> Matter of fact, in our series, in our key verse, Ephesians 4, Paul says, get rid of harsh words and slander. But we live in this culture where we just hit people hard with words that we're, we're negative and that we do things, really try to lift ourselves up so that we, we end up putting people down and in negative ways so that we can lift ourselves up because we think that's the right way to do it. Well, you see it everywhere in culture, you don't you? You see it on the news. Yep. TMZ, which is never confused with TLC. No, never, never. ever confused for that. You watch reality TV and you watch some chef and he's just berating people with uh-huh. bombs, dropping bombs on them. And you know what's crazy about that? We watch somebody berating somebody, belittling somebody, and we call it entertainment. What is wrong with us where we feed on that and we think that's good? Right. Did you see the way what he said to that person? Oh, man, that was great. No, that's, Paul says, no, put it away. Like, mm-hmm. watch that, get rid of harsh words and slander. And then I, I like also what it says in Proverbs. Well, and it says, uh, the tongue can bring death or life. So, it's this thought of my words can be grave digging or it can be life giving. I think you need to write that down. Write that down. That's a big question for all of us. Write it as a question. Are my words grave digging yep. or are they life giving? Well, because all of us want and desire to be the kind of person that other people want to be around because we're like life giving. But it's such a choice. But we're going to look at a story in the Old Testament where words brought a literal death. Some of you are familiar with the story of Daniel and the lion's den. If you were raised in church, especially if you went to something called Sunday school, which is what I did, you heard this story. But I know some of you were never raised in the church, or maybe you're brand new to church and you're unfamiliar with the scriptures. Let me bring you into who Daniel is. Daniel was a prophet, a Jewish prophet, and he lived about 600 years before Jesus at this time, the, Is- the Israelites were once again in captivity. They were enslaved, this time by the Babylonian Empire. But the Babylonians, they were very, very smart. Whenever they would conquer a nation, they would go into that nation and they would grab out the young people 
that were highly intelligent, yeah. that were the artists, the musicians, the architects, the engineers, and they would bring them to Babylon and raise them yeah. in Babylon to work in their government. So Daniel's one of these guys, incredibly highly intelligent, and he's rising up. He's, yeah. in, at this point in his life, he's, he's older now. He's not a teenager anymore. He's older now, and he's risen really high in the Babylonian Empire and we find his story. If you don't know where his story is, it's in Daniel chapter 6. There's a whole book devoted to Daniel. But it's Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to kind of hang out in there today. Yeah, in Daniel 6, 3, it says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all of the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. The entire empire. Now, can you imagine the other administrators that were born there, that had been groomed and taught, and that was what they were supposed to do? But Daniel, now Daniel's a slave, but because of that tr special training program that they put the elite in, He's risen this far. I just can't imagine the jealousy in these other administrators just thinking, who is he? He is a slave, and we are the ones that have been groomed and ready. And just how threatened that must have made them feel because they're thinking, he shouldn't be over us because he's going to be over the entire empire. Well, they get so jealous they, if you don't know this story, they come up with this plot. Yeah, they come up with this to plot. To kill him. Mm -hmm. They're going to kill him. They're gonna, th that's how jealous they are of him. Yeah, they, they actually look at his work at the um, government, and they're trying to figure out something to kind of trap him. But they can't figure out anything in his work at the government because he is so trustworthy. He has such a high level of integrity. And so what they do is they look at his religion, and his, in his religion in Israel, they had to pray and bow three times a day. And so what they did is they went to the king. Well, the king loves Daniel. I mean, loves him. So he, had, he knows nothing about this. But they said, they kind of leaned on his pride and said, hey, king, wouldn't it be great if we took a whole month and, devi and just devoted it to you and just bowing before you, praising only you? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, the kings were so full of themselves. So he agreed. So what he did is he wrote up an edict that no one could bow before anyone but him for a whole month. Well, that wasn't going to fly. Well, and you fast forward in the story. If you fast forward in the story, Daniel, this edict that said if, you do the, if they do bow down to anybody other than me, I'm going to throw them in the lion's den. And then this whole thing just kind of gets twisted around, and, and they capture Daniel, and they capture him, uh, caught him bowing. He ends up getting thrown into the lion's den. His life is on the line. The king is distraught because he, he, he loves Daniel. Can you, I mean, none of us have ever been that jealous, have we, of anyone, right? I mean, we've never been, we never stoop to those levels. Like if somebody at work, like gets a promotion or a raise 
And, you know, if you have seniority, and they're, especially if they're, like, new and they jump ahead of you, we celebrate that, don't we? We don't get jealous of that. We don't talk about people like that. We talk good. Can you congratulations to them? I'm so happy for Let's them. Let's take them out to lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of us ever done that when another kid gets more playing time, have we? Oh, man, first, you know, if we're the kid and we go to that other kid, we're like, yeah, congratulations, man, proud of you. We go to the other parent, we're like, man, the way to go. I'm so happy for you. Anybody ever have your ex get in another relationship and they post it in a relationship? Mm-hmm. And they're smiling and they're happy. Oh, and we're so, we're so happy for them, aren't we? Oh, we just heart that all day long. So excited about that. None of us ever stoop to that level. I mean, we as Christians, we never talk about other churches, do we? We never talk about other churches or people that maybe don't think the same way we do. We never we never like that. You know, as a staff, can I pull back the curtain a little bit? As a staff, we ha- kind of have made an edict, so to speak, yes. as a staff, that we won't talk about other churches. You and know, just wh- when we think that well, we're kind of like not in that, you, we see... Because we're working hard, other churches are working hard, we are so not, we are all on the same team, but our sinful nature, I mean, the honest truth is that we see someone that's working hard, and we're working hard, and then they have this huge success, and we say, well, why can't we have that success? Although we don't really say it that nice. None yeah. of us ever say it that nice, yeah. do we? Yeah. But we've kind of, as a staff, we just have this edict because we know we're prone to do that. And we say, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We are only going to talk positive. Yeah. We are only going to speak encouragement, especially as the church. Like, can I say, especially as the church, yeah. we should be encouraging every church in our community to grow, to reach people yeah. for Jesus. We may not agree yeah. on everything, yeah. but so what? Right. So yeah. what? If we agree Absolutely. on the principles of the cross yes. and the resurrection, more power to you, I'm on your side. Yeah. We got to encourage one another and support one another. And I love that because that accountability does really help, you know, because it's like, you're right. We want to do the right thing, but we have that sinful nature. Sometimes we just are real critical to people and we judge people and we end up trying to bring them down and lift ourselves up. That's what our culture tells us to do. Yeah. Our culture teaches us you cut other people down so that you're lifted up. Yep. Think of it like this. Think of it like a forest, and there's a whole bunch of trees in this forest, and you're one of the many trees in the forest. Nobody can see you. So what our culture says is cut every tree down. Cut them all down so that you are lifted up and so that you stand out. And you know what? You do stand out for all the wrong reasons. And not only that, but you are standing alone. Yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, our words, again, are either to be grave digging or life giving. In Daniel 24, it says, they maliciously accused Daniel and they did everything to slander his name. You know, another word for slander is gossip. But we don't do that at church, right? Nope. We call it a prayer request, right? (laughs) Come on now. You've seen this, haven't you? All right, let's pray. God, will you just be with 
Tom and Ashley as they go through their struggle. <laughs> and you know what their son is doing. Lord, help them. Lord, help them. And what is everybody else in the group doing? I wonder what they're going through. I wonder what's happening. Say more. Say more so we can pray about it. Or here's the worst one we do in church. This is the worst. You just drop and hoping for a response. You come up to somebody and you go, hey, be, be praying for Ashley. Yeah, because you want more, right? You're hoping they're going to say, you're hoping they're going to say, well, what's going on? That way you can say what's going on because yeah. then it's not gossip because they asked. So. Right. Yeah, you had to tell them. Listen, I think in the church we got to stop. We have to stop, stop, stop that. Yeah. Yeah. Not put up with it, not talk about it. Laura and I, only five of you, because the rest of y'all are guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. Turn to somebody and say, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Guilty is charged. Guilty. Laura and I, we have to do this all the time because we talk about y'all all the time. <laughs> all the time we're talking smack about y'all. Can you believe what only they're doing? Good no, I'm staff. kidding. It's all good. No, but even Laura and I at times, I'll be saying, we, we find ourselves and, and we will stop each other. We're like, wait a second. What are we doing? Because let me say this real quick. Here's what gossip is. Gossip is talking about someone to someone who can do nothing about it. Yeah. Yep. Talking about someone to someone who can do nothing about it. Well, and in this story, the government officials conspired together. So they found other people that would talk and be negative because a lot of people did like Daniel, but they found some people that didn't. And that kind of fed that. They found that like-minded person that wanted to feed off of that negativity. That's how harsh words and slander work, right? I mean, yep. it's either diffused or it's intensified yes. by the company that we keep. Well, you know, we saw this with uh, our grandson. Uh, for those of you that weren't here last summer, uh, our grandson Wesley was adopted from Korea last um, June, and they brought him home. And, of course, he was fluent, you know, in Korean, understood Korean. Uh, but when we were uh, at our house on, at Christmas, we were making gingerbread houses. He's four, by the way. He's, He's yeah, only he four, four and years half. old. And so they, he came home in June, and so uh, in, at Christmas we were making the gingerbread houses, and we were noticing that he was fluent in English and understood English in just six months, but because of the people that he was around. I mean, he was around the other grandkids and mommy and daddy. And so it just goes to show you the people that we're around, the company we keep, we begin to talk just like the people we're around. You hang around with grave diggers, you're going to dig some graves. You're going to be negative, yeah. be cynical, be harsh, unkind. Hang around life givers, you're going to be a life giver. Yeah. You're going to be positive. You're going to be affirming. You're going to be kind. Come on. High five, fist bump three people right now. Tell them, be a life giver. Come on. Be high five, fist giver. bump three people right now. Tell them, be a life giver. Be a life giver. This is what I love about our core groups. Yeah. Our core groups that meet every week. This a play. If you want to know where you can find some life givers, get in a core group. Yep. Where you can be encouraged and supported. I mean, this is Daniel. Daniel had some friends. How did Daniel react this way? This is it. Let me tell you this real quick. Daniel did this. He had some friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. Now, again, back, if you've been in church your, your, your whole life, you know that story. If you don't, let me bring you up to speed. 
If you go back to Daniel chapter 1, you read about his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there was another king. And he also decided he wanted everybody to worship him. Yep. These kings, they love themselves. And, and so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we can't. We can't bow down. Mm-hmm. But they never slandered the king. They never said an unkind thing to the king. They were respectful of the king. They were humble. And, and they stood for what they believed in. You fast forward a few years. Here's Daniel. He remembers his friends. And this is what happened to my friends, and this is how God protected God protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what we see is the company you keep. Look what it says about Daniel right here in verse 4. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Well, and what I like about Daniel is he never slandered the king. And the king, he had earned the trust and the devotion of the king. The uh, king actually loved him and did not want to do this, but he was caught in this. But to have that kind of uh, respect back and forth with a king, that must have meant he was an amazing man. So back to our, our key scripture, Ephesians chapter 4. What does it say? It says, get rid of harsh words and slander and instead be kind to one another. Kindness is the healing balm Mm B-A-L-M, that disarms harsh words and slander. So let's fast forward in the story here to Daniel. So Daniel has an opportunity here for harsh words and slander or to respond in kindness. And Daniel's response is amazing. It says, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. I don't know about you, but if someone is slandering me, I'm not so sure that people would find me. You know, you, your, your sinful nature, your, your feelings, you just want to lash out. You want to retaliate. You want to go against and defend yourself. So uh, I like to scare Laura. It's a fun hobby of mine. Um, <laughs> I discovered this when we first got married. She scares so easily. And it just became amusing to me. Uh, (laughs) So, but I'm not harsh about it. I mean, it's not like I I jump out in the dark and go, and I'm like, I am Beelzebub. I don't do anything like that. That's weird. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's not godly. I just, when I walk into a room and I realize she doesn't know I'm in the room. It's the best, people. It's the best. I see her, and I'll just kind of walk up right behind her, and I'll be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> she will leap out of her skin. Oh, my goodness. She is a Holy Ghost moment, people. It is a... I mean, I'm only, doing, I'm only doing it because I'm trying to get fear out of you. It's it's. It's the Lord. It's the Spirit of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind. I am just, I am the Holy Spirit, people, in that moment. You I'm trying are to get fear out of my wife. We are not people actions. who are to walk in fear. You are justifying your actions, and you are wrong. It is the best, though. <laughs> so much fun. He is wrong. He is clearly wrong. Okay, okay. He is clearly Let's play in that the out. wrong. So I'm wrong. Let's go with that. 
and tell everyone what you do because I'm wrong and how we respond based on this series, how we're supposed to respond when somebody wrongs us. Go ahead. Microphone's yours. Well, um, clearly since I know I'm in the right so much, like I am clearly in the right, that I feel a sense that if you're going to do that to me, that I need to bring something to the table. Are you going to tell them what you do? <laughs> tell them what you do. You're wrong. I hit him every time. As hard as I can. As hard as I can. Right here in this shoulder for 30 years. I've had three reconstructive surgeries, people. I can't get my arm above here anymore, and you find it humorous. It's a choice. It's a choice. You choose it every day. It's a choice. So when, when somebody attacks you, you want to defend yourself. Yep. You want to attack back. Yeah. You, you want to clear your name. You want, to, you, you want to lash out. You want to make things right. I'm, I'm going to get them. You know what? When I was a kid, anybody play uh, Thumb War when you were a kid? Play Thumb Wars? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're, you're, Laura, you didn't play this when we, no, you were I didn't. kids. But you go, one, two, three, four, I declare Thumb War. And go. And his finger is bigger than mine. This could go on for hours, <laughs> never mind. A little competitive there. Truth is, is, we think we put that game away when we're kids, but we don't. As adults, we just graduate to a, a different thumb war. Yep. We get in a, a texting war with someone. Maybe they say something to us, mm. and then we, well, we'll just text one text thing back. And then they text something, and then we're like, well, but we've got to clarify it. Like it's going to be clarified on paper, uh, or or here or an email. I'm just going to blast this email back to them at work. Because it's about the most non-confrontational way you can slam slander somebody or use some harsh words. <laughs> Social media. Yeah. Oh, that's always great when you put something up there to uh, kind of go back at someone, and then what happens after that is. It just takes one or two, and then boom. It's like, it just you ever seen that, the thread? <laughs> I mean, it just goes on. And it's, you know, it's crazy is that those of us who wear the, the name of Jesus, we get in those public wars with people. Why? Why would we? That's, that's not who we were created to be. We were, as Paul said, we were created yeah. to respond in kindness, I like what the, the psalmist says, Psalm 141, verse 3. It says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Maybe it should also say, guard my, my fingers from doing that. Guard my mind, guard everything. I, I, I've seen this uh, play out so many times in, in people's lives, but I, I really learned a lot about a decade ago. I learned an incredibly valuable lesson from a guy named Bill Bright. And most of you probably never heard of Bill Bright, but he started a thing called Campus Crusade for Christ. More people have come to Jesus through his ministry uh, than Billy Graham's crusades, uh, but nobody knows who he is. 
And I read his autobiography about a decade ago, and it was one of the most uh, inspirational books and uh, just like a uh, just a pivotal moment for me. I, I specifically remember one chapter where he had come under fire and come under attack, and some people were slandering him, and he had done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but they were spreading lies about his ministry, and he was taking some substantial hits. He was taking financial hits, um, and people in his ministry said, you need to defend yourself. And even his wife said, Bill, you need to say something. And, and Bill Bright says in that, um, during that time period in his life, he said, you know, Jesus was silent before his accusers. I'll be silent before mine. And he never, ever said anything. He said, I will respond with grace, and I will respond with mercy. And he said, I'll take, I'm going to take the high road. And he never said anything, and he said that as the years went by, the truth began to come out, and God defended him. God God vindicated his name, and he said one by one, some of them a decade later came back to him and asked for his forgiveness. I'm so thankful for that one chapter in that one book in my life, because when I went into ministry, um, when I was on the radio... I, I got people called me every day and told me I was stupid on the radio. I was used to that, okay? It wasn't any big deal. Just every day somebody would call me and tell me I was an idiot. I didn't expect that in ministry from Christian people. I expected it from non-Christian people, right. but I didn't expect Christians to be so harsh and so wicked and so hateful at times. And I said to myself, I am going to take the high road. So much so, let me just say this, so much so that I've had letters written about me, I've had so many hateful things said about me at times in my ministry. Laura doesn't even know who those people are, and she's never seen the letters. Because I'm not going to do that. I said, no, I'm going to fight, and I haven't done it perfectly. That's been the hard thing. At times, I've, I've erred. But I've always said, no, I want to be like Bill Bright. I want to be like Christ. I, I want to be the kind of person who says, no, yeah. I'm going to respond yeah. with grace and mercy, and, and I, I'm going to let God defend me. And I think why it's so difficult is goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that it's not the way of the culture. You're not going uh, what you see all the time. But this is a choice that we have even like sitting here right now from getting up and leaving, we will have a choice to act and, and speak in the wrong way. We will have a choice just like Daniel did. Daniel went through the lion's den, and so will you have to. You'll have to go through things in your life that are difficult. Some of you have already been through them. That are hard. And that people are not clear. There's not clarity about what was done. But what I like about Daniel in this scripture. It says that he there was not a scratch found on him. For he had trusted in God. And that's the difference that we have, is that when we put our trust in God, it doesn't matter what comes against us, that we have the power to fight, but that we don't need to defend ourselves in certain ways. Your life defends itself. 
you getting up every morning and doing what you do in a good way is your defense. And I love what God did here is that he showed that if you put your trust in me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I love that new song we're singing. He's, he's bigger than I thought he was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so powerful. And, and that's the only reason we feel like we got to vindicate. That's the only reason we think we've got to go on the attack. That's the only reason we think we got to jump on a platform somewhere and say, no, no, no. Here's the truth. Here's the, here's the real part of it. But do I really trust that I could go through the lion's end? I could be thrown to the lion's and I could come out the other side without a yeah. scratch found on me. Where, and here's the thing, if you are a person of integrity, if you're a person of character, if you honor other people, if you are walking with Christ, you will come through the other side. You yeah. can trust God. Can we put our yes. hands together yes. that we yes. can trust our God, the living God? Yeah. 